races? We we had one guy who, a uh, white guy who was found with over like a hundred guns. He lived across the street from me. Oh wow, he's probably- he was arrested. <laughs> I mean, it's it's Orange County, so probably. Yeah. That's where murder happens for free. Speaking of murder, welcome to the Blade Podcast, everybody. How's it going? I don't even know how much we're going to keep <laughs> on that conversation. It might just be like, speaking of murder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hi, everybody. We're back. How's it going? Good. Hello. We took an unexpected week off. Mm-hmm. It was no vacation. For any no. no, everybody was working as hard as possible. so thank you guys for being patient we're so excited to bring you a new episode that laurie was kind enough to prep yes i don't know i I prepped it so get ready (laughs) um it is uh bank robbers i have three bank robbers uh because there's some bank robbers we can do more stories on but I found three that I feel like were short enough to fit into one episode. So very cool. Yeah. I didn't know this. Did you know that most bank robberies are due to uh, like drugs? What do you mean? Like Like people just get in their head. People are addicted to drugs and they rob banks so they can fuel their drug habit. That sounds like a fake statistic. Yeah. I thought it's just to get that final score. So you can finally go to like, an island somewhere yeah. and live that's off what of, I thought. live off the coconut <laughs> that's what i thought it was always like you know to help give back to your community yeah yeah or to like feed your children of seven robin hood yeah <laughs> yeah but no hello no. robin of luxley it's drugs <laughs> it's I drugs mean, i guess that's when you're that high when you're like i can rob a bank i can do it yeah you're like they have money in there i need money i can go in there and get that money and then we're set yeah and it'll be fr- so yeah. fast it'll be fast it'll be fast it'll, it'll be that and your friend's we'll like let's fucking do it let's fucking do it <laughs> that's basically what a lot of what these stories boil down to yeah. uh also i i i think for some reason one of the reasons why i thought this was fun was that this un- unlike uh well, this is sort of similar to serial killers where they give these people names. Mm-hmm. And I always think that, I don't know why, I just, I, I think that's kind of fun. I feel like every criminal should be given a nickname. Not every criminal. Not every criminal. Yeah. I mean, why not? Why not have the guy who like, you know, tries to, you know, rob an airplane and then escape through the toilet of the airplane? I'm going to disagree because I don't think that every criminal deserves a nickname. Because like a lot of crimes are lame. Most crimes are lame. But every criminal wants a nickname. Do they though? That's true. Yeah. I feel like if it were a cool one. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. The Hillside Strangler. Then we should give them like terrible nicknames. Yeah. Like, you know, Diddly Fingers. Yeah, twinkle feet. Yeah, then they then that would be like without well, that would be like more. I bet that would be more of a deterrent than the death penalty. Be like, nah, man, they're gonna give you some really lame ass. <laughs> yeah, and they have to get it. Me. They have to get it on like a card in a ceremony. It's like cake butt. Yeah. 
what? Get it tattooed on your face. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There we go. I think we just solved crime. There it is. <laughs> All right. So our first story. Oh, I should probably do. Uh, I am Lloyd Roggenkamp. I am joined by Maria Felix and <laughs> our resident guest, Cash Abdemalik. Capture. 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 Error 404. Um, all right. So our first one is the church lady bandit. Are you going to stick that in there somewhere before this? Because that was so separated. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We all forgot about it. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. What'd you say? Our first, our first uh, person is a church lady bandit. It's a good name. Sylvette P. Gilbert was arrested for 11 bank robberies and one motel robbery. Mm. Nice. You got a lot. She was all eight of the robberies were also committed while she was on probation for stealing from her work in 2000. So she started robbing banks in 2006. She robbed one bank in 2006, three banks in 2008, seven banks and a motel in 2010. Damn, she's wow. working. Yeah. So she so it's Ohio. Ah. Pretty good. All right. So she's abandoned in Ohio. Yeah. So like she's the new west. Yeah. That's yeah. like Ohio, I feel like is becoming Florida. A little. It's a it's little Florida. Yeah. All but right. It's harder. <laughs> so and she was also arrested in 2008. She worked at American Electric Power, and court records show that she was convicted of a felony while working there. She used the a- an AEP credit card to charge about $2,500 worth of personal purchases. So she was arrested in order to pay back that, re- that money to American, American Electric Power. Yeah. She's like, hell yeah, I need us a new swag. She was also arrested in 1992 for a larceny conviction in Tennessee. Gilbert, 47, maintained that she only robbed one bank, a fifth third branch in the Arena District on December 3rd, 2010, which is the bank that she was caught at. So she was caught because a die pack exploded, placed by a teller exploded outside the bank. And then police found her in a nearby building with red dye on her hands and clothes. Ah, oh, that sucks. Couldn't get away. Could have been from anywhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was just, uh, I was, I was just experimenting with some red paint. So. Yeah, I gave a hug to a wet fire hydrant. What's the problem, cop? I mean, if and nowadays, if that happened to me, I would just, I would just merely go take off my clothes and then just roll around on the floor and say that I was an experimental artist. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Man, I'm an artist. Step off. But I'm pretty sure that the ink has like an enzyme or something in it so that it's the one, you know, it's the one from the bank. Oh, yeah, that's true. All right. So she was named Church Lady, which is a nickname created by the FBI after the second holdup because a witness described the robber as a well-dressed woman in a church hat. (laughs) (laughs) That's a pretty good cover up for the cameras. Yeah. Did you see the little church hat bobbing? Yeah, right. I wonder if she's white or black. Black. Oh, 
polite and soft-spoken, she usually disguised herself by wearing glasses and a hat or wig and showed the teller a note saying she had a gun. I will kill you. (laughs) Shug. I have a pistol, honey. (laughs) The note, which was never left behind, usually requested $100, $50, and $20 bills and frequently demanded a total of $5,000. Ah, uh, she took the she took the note back every time. I wonder yeah. if it was like perfume scented. That'd be cool. She, she had it on her personal stationery. Yeah. <laughs> Don't read the top. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, the total bank robberies yielded a roughly nineteen thousand four hundred thirty-two dollars. That's a spe- specific amount for roughly. Mm. I feel like. Uh, but police recovered four thousand six hundred thirty dollars. She took in the last holdup. She was ordered to pay the remaining $14,802 and she still owes $2,252 for to American Electric Power. She spoke briefly in court asking the judge for leniency. She apologized for any mental stress or strain she caused the teller. I'm a good person, she said. What I did does not define who I am. Well, I mean, yeah, it's just like, it wasn't even that much. It was $19,000 overall. Yeah. So this is where, this is where I think you guys are going to get upset. This is, I felt this was like, it was one of those, again, one of those things where it's like, okay, I know she committed a crime, but you're an asshole. You let me down, didn't you? Judge Michael J. Holbrook asked her. Then Holbrook sentenced her to 51 years in prison, calling the crimes cold and calculated. Oh my God. Ugh. Yeah. One of Gilbert's <laughs> former bosses said she didn't, could not believe the accusations. It is really shocking, said Aaron Carr. Ever since we heard about this, we've all been trying to pull together the information we knew about her. When it came down to it, no one in the office knew anything about her. Carr said that Gilbert, 46, worked part time for nearly a year at the strategic research group of public polling firm she dressed very nicely always looked nice had nice makeup nice shoes jewelry car said you spend every day with somebody and then there's somebody completely different you think for me the callus for this is that she faced foreclosure and her car was recently put uh, repossessed Hmm. 51 years 51 years is overkill for what she did it's crazy overkill yeah Crazy overkill, especially when, mm, 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 mm. especially in my opinion, you, you can't necessarily prove that she did all the bank robberies and she's only admitting to one of them. Doesn't matter to them. Yeah. So, so yeah, that is an injustice. Jesus Christ. Can she review her? You probably don't know. Hopefully she can review her case or get her case reviewed by somebody else. Yeah. That would be, yeah. Fight that shit because that's bullshit. They couldn't even call it grand larceny. They yeah. called it larceny because it wasn't even enough to con- be considered like, and it was such a small amount over time. Like, yeah, sure. It's still two grand, four grand, whatever. But this is insane. Yeah. yeah. People have taken lives and they're out on the street. The gun was never shown. No, she just said that she had a gun. Exactly. Yeah. So, all Hmm. right. So now we're going to get to uh, the Barbie bandits. So just think about how much time you think these these two ladies will get. 
This was in Aceworth, Georgia. So I know where this one is. This was a uh, February 2007, a Bank of America inside a supermarket. Heather Johnston and Ashley Miller quickly became known as the Barbie Bandits after their February 2007 holdup of a Bank of America inside a supermarket. The girls were dressed in designer jeans and sunglasses as they robbed the bank. They were both 18 years old at the time. News reporters dubbed them the Barbie Bandits because of how they looked and couldn't help but making fun of their of the situation one reporter writing police don't know whether they had a getaway car or whether they were old enough to drive Mm. the girls who met while working at a strip club plotted with johnson's boyfriend michael chastain and a bank teller to pull off the heist Miller, the other girl, was sentenced to two years in jail and Johnston to 10 years probation, getting a lighter sentence because she was the first to cooperate with the investigation. Fuck you. Uh. So this is all based off of Johnston's report uh, because she was the only one who talked to the police. But she was, uh, so in 2006, she was uh, graduated from high school and was uh, about to start her freshman year of college. She had gotten a, a scholarship through, I think, tennis. Um, she, but then she quickly began to uh, get into drugs and started stripping. And she said that she started stripping because she can make about $1,000 uh, in a few days, which I was like, well, then you must not be a good stripper because... I feel like I've heard stories of strippers making like a thousand dollars a night. So a thousand dollars in a few days, that seems like, okay, well then that's like just a weekly paycheck then. Well, I mean, depending on where this is, maybe the stripping is just, you know, maybe it's just, it's if it's not, it's not Atlanta, you know, like it's not Atlanta. You're right. No, (laughs) that's where the big money is for stripping. Yeah, that's true. So then Johnston moves in with Ashley Miller, who was another stripper at the strip club she worked at. So one February night while hanging out with Miller and Miller's boyfriend, Michael Chastain, the three began joking about the idea of Johnston and Miller robbing a bank. And as you do. Yeah. They must have been watching uh, like sugar and spice. Yes. They're like, you two should rob a bank. You're really hot. You'd get away with it. Probably. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty uh, sure that's almost exactly how it went. That's probably exactly yeah. how it went. Um, so then the next morning, Johnson says Chastain called them with specific instructions. <laughs> he knew a bank teller at a Bank America branch and said this bank teller could get be their inside man. Johnson says she was on the phone with their inside man. She remembers taking the instructions from the bank teller, specifically what to write on the note. The young women were going to slip to the teller on the day of the robbery. So they had to give them instructions on what to put on the note. Sounds like a movie that was made by the guy who did kids and bully, but like, you know, more people should die in it. (laughs) It's like, Hey kids doing stuff privilege you know yeah <laughs> so exactly retired. um so, so, so really need the money 
No, not, I mean, well, I guess they did because they're terrible strippers. They were only making a thousand dollars every few days. So, I mean, it, that sounds like a lot. Isn't it, it sounds like, I feel like it's a lot, but it's like, if you're willing to, if you're stripping, I don't think it's enough. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, a thousand every single couple of days, is, that's a lot. A thousand is like, it means at least like, say every two days, it's 500 a day. That's a pretty good day rate for a few hours if you're a stripper and you're listening listen to the show please uh come on some sort of social media where we are and let us know how much good oh, stripping yeah maybe maybe i'm overthinking i yeah. don't know in my mind if you're not making like five thousand dollars every two if you're not making twenty five hundred dollars a week what's the point of stripping right you will call the cops <laughs> <laughs> how much did you make hang on a second do, 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 do. <laughs> police <laughs> that's, that's definitely one of the reasons why i would call the police <laughs> just, but that is such a good reason to call <laughs> they'd be like what are you talking about where are you better not be atlanta <laughs> all right i threatened to call the police one time at a Kohl's because the line was too long and I said it was a fire hazard. So oh my God. Is really? Is that true? <laughs> I, would I didn't call I didn't call the police. I'm just saying I threatened to call the police. Oh, that's wonderful. Because they were refusing to open up another tell they were freezing up another cash register. They were saying that and so I was like, well then I'm gonna call the police because this is a fire hazard. Oh my God. You're Billy Eigner, but like <laughs> <laughs> to the nth degree of like where he's like no i'm not serious <laughs> so i love this <laughs> that's my personality yelling down the line of people yelling at the per- yelling because oh you're God. yelling and you're yelling at the teller but the person next to you <laughs> is the one that has to bear the front of it <laughs> <laughs> they're just looking at you like fucking they were not jazzed about it until I got them to open up another register. And then magically they were all smiles and sunshine. So <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah. look, it could have worked. It, it could have worked out badly, but luckily it worked out in my favor and I got the hell out of there. So. This is great. Lori, don't change. Don't you, no matter what anybody <laughs> says, they're wrong. Don't do it. This is great. I like I can't wait to see you in person again more because we need to be this this will eventually happen if we just keep hanging out together. I'll get to yeah. see this happen. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what are you Dave, I'm at a Panda Express. I don't know why, but Lori's calling the cops. <laughs> I'll be like, what happened? They ran out of general so chicken. <laughs> She's fucking pissed. <laughs> In the back of the kitchen, they're scrambling, trying to make it in time. All right. <laughs> that could happen. I know. Uh, all right. So, <laughs> oh, man. So, the they wrote the letter. So, nobody has the note. They won't, they won't talk about, and Johnson wouldn't talk about what was on the note. But a witness said that the note said something along the lines of, I will not hesitate to kill you. Mm. Which I have to say, I feel like is far worse than saying I have a gun. Because I have saying I have a gun is just a notification of what you have. I feel yeah. like it's like I would just like to present you with information that I am in possession of a gun. 
I may or may not be using it. Yeah. That, you know, but saying I will not hesitate to kill you. That's a threat. Very clear message. Yeah. (laughs) So, so then, so they write the note and then they say, um, then Johnson says, I, I have to say we were kind of excited. (laughs) Is it her coworkers or the so about the bank robbery? Oh my god! Bank people were excited. She, That's- they were excited. They were excited. Yeah. They were so excited that they went to the wrong Bank of America. <laughs> so they had to call for directions, and eventually ask a Bank wow. of America teller at that Bank of America teller to give them directions. Because remember, they had an inside man. So they had to go to a specific teller. They couldn't just walk up to any teller. So they had to get specific directions and they end up walking up to a teller and saying, excuse me, um, we're looking for like a male teller. Is, is <laughs> Dave here? Is Dave here? No. <laughs> Dave doesn't work here anymore. Oh, what? Yeah. Since like, since when? Like two weeks ago. What? No. Yeah. Call, call Nathan. Call Nathan. Ask him. <laughs> we, forgot, we forgot to find out what Dave looks like. Nathan. <laughs> Nathan. Nathan. We're here, we're here robbing the bank, but Nathan, Dave's not here. Can you send us a picture of Dave? <laughs> the guy's aiming the button under the desk, like. Yeah. Or what I love is like they're getting around. Yeah. She's like she's like one of those people who like she looks at the guy at the teller who's just like in fear and she's like, What? It's a private conversation. Stop looking at me. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. And she's like, excuse me. I don't need your help right now. (laughs) I had a professor one time. I was talking to her. And we were in this long talk and then she takes a phone call right in the middle of us having a talk. So I think, oh, I'll just wait. And then, and then like two minutes go by and she turns to me and she goes, excuse me, this is a private conversation to me. And I'm like, we were literally in the conversation. Yeah. We were also in a private conversation. So I called the fucking cops on her. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Fuck that bitch. (laughs) No, I did not. But I wish I had. Next time. Yeah. Well, yeah. uh so they the bank tell so they hand the bank teller the note the, the bank teller hands them the money it was eleven thousand hmm. dollars so mm-hmm. that uh johnston says the bank teller started or the bank teller's name started throwing it out and it was like everywhere like going everywhere so i was like pushing it in and ashley was grabbing it and putting it and throwing it in the bag we were so scared my heart was like i think it stopped at one point i looked over and we looked at each other and we just started running again <laughs> dumb dumb dummies yeah they definitely started running again they just ran down the street until the cops caught them it's after more of a, more of a skip yeah <laughs> After the theft, the two left the bank and separated their piles of cash on the floor of their apartment. Johnson explained that they would have to share their new fortune with Miller's boyfriend and the bank teller. At the end, each person involved in the heist received a few thousand dollars. So basically like what they make in a week, they got from a bank robbery. 
It's we did it. Dumb. It sounds like meth was involved. Which, yeah. again, if you're going to rob a bank, have it be worth more than what you make in a week. Like None of these people are, like, fucking why? doing the long con where they're, like, scoping out when no. somebody comes to empty the vault mm-hmm. and shit every week. <laughs> So they went on a shopping spree. Uh, they ate. A, they got their hair highlighted. They got they, some more meth. <laughs> they did meth. No, I don't. Well, I mean, probably. Um, they even gave money to a homeless guy before they were caught. Yeah, you give money to a homeless guy when you're rich. Like that's what you do when you're flush with cash. You're like, here's some. That's not like even a thing. So they were. <laughs> Two days later, they were in their car, and all of a sudden, they get surrounded by police officers. What? Oh no! Why? What happened? And What's the problem? Johnston says, "I just knew we were going to be in a lot of trouble." Totally. <laughs> oh man! Now the police claim Johnston and Miller claim that they were just driving, and then all of a sudden, the cops surrounded them. The police claim that they were on like a a mini speed like police like a car chase which i kind of feel like might i i lend myself more to them simply because i think they're so stupid that i don't think that they not stupid but just so oblivious that i don't think they would have noticed <laughs> if police were behind them yeah like a cop car behind them putting with their i don't think they i think they would have been like like one time i remember one time I, when i got the first time i got pulled over a police car was behind me and I moved over so that way the car could go past me and then it moved into my lane. So then I moved over again and it moved into my lane. And I thought, what is it? Do- what's this car do? Like, what's? I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Like the first time that happened to me with the cop. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. You're after me. Mm. Yeah. After the third move, you're like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And then you start crying. And yeah. the cop feels bad for you and lets you go. Is that what happened? No, he did oh, not okay. let me go. <laughs> he, he, yeah, he definitely did not let me go. He first off, he threatened he was going to take me to jail because he thought that I was trying to evade police, and I was like, no, I was just, I didn't realize that this is what I was doing. And then I told him that I was, I came from an improv show, and he said, oh, tell me a joke. And then I was like, well, that's not what improv is. Improv is where you. He was like, do you want a ticket or not? So then I told him a joke and then he still gave me a goddamn ticket. And I was like, okay, well, fuck you, dude. J- joke wasn't funny enough. What an asshole. What an asshole, cop. Sorry. Yeah. Oh my God. The cop pulled me over. It's a similar thing where I kept, I just turned off and into a parking lot. And then by the time he came over, I was already crying. So I was nervous. Uh, and it was in college. And it was, <laughs> it was in college. So he was like, He's like, you're not supposed to do that. You're, you're not supposed to lead a cop somewhere. I'm like, I'm sorry. And then I uh, just kept crying and he gave me a warning and let me go. Nice. Because he kind of. Aw. <laughs> well, that's nice. nice. I think it was just, he didn't want to deal with the crying. <laughs> I'll remember that for next time. <laughs> oh, that's, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So. Johnson's parents bailed her out and she ended up living with them while she was on while she was awaiting trial. Uh, Ashley Miller, we found out she serves she's serving two years of a 10 year sentence and must complete the rest on probation. She pleaded guilty to theft and drug charges. 
Heather Johnston was not, uh, served 10 years probation and Benny Allen, who worked as the teller was sentenced to 10 years to serve and served five to serve five. And the judge imposed additional penalty on Allen because she said he did not testify truthfully in the trial of Michael Chastang, a co-defendant convicted of his role in plotting the heist. And Chastang was also was sentenced to the longest term. And he also had a, a criminal record that included drugs, firearms, and weapons charges going back seven years. He was charged with 10 years. So Chastain, Chastain had the meth that night. Yeah, oh, for sure. When they came around and he had a bag of meth and mm-hmm. everybody went a little nuts. Which one was the teller? Was he charged? Yeah, he was charged. He was charged 10 years, but then I, I guess it was like 10 years total, but five years in jail and five years probation. Right. So they all got charged probation, 10 years worth of probation, but uh, Chastain was the one who actually got a, a full 10 year jail sentence. All right. So then the last hard one, night. sorry. It's a hard night. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. That would be tough. Like this stripping? No, she said the Johnson said that she's going to go try and go back. Said she was going to go the or one article I read said she was going to try and go back to, to community college. So I guess the short answer is yes. She's going to eventually go back to stripping. Uh, when did this happen? 2007. Oh, 2000, so yeah. 2000, yeah, 2007. Okay, so yeah, she's she's made a life choice. Yeah, she has. <laughs> let's, look it be, let's look it up and see what it is. What, what's her name again? I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Well, Heather, Heather Johnston, J-O-H-N-S-T-O-N. You're never going to find her. And Ashley Miller. You're never going to find her. Those are the most changed common name. names in the world ashley miller come on ashley miller's back in jail how do you know how'd you find me uh i got a cbsnews.com report about her uh going back to jail in 2011 oh that's a shame all right so the next one is cora hubbard in August 1897, 27-year-old Cora Hubbard was arrested for robbing the McDonald County Bank in Pineville, Missouri. She stunned observers with her unrepentant attitude. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah? Cora told the Daily Herald in nearby Joplin that she was not a bit, not a damn bit afraid during the robbery and suggested her only regret was that she and her accomplices hadn't held up the whole damn town. (laughs) Hubbard and her partners had hatched the bank robbery scheme a month earlier on a farm in Oklahoma. With her hair cropped short and dressed in men's clothes, Cora held the horses while her male accomplices held up the bank. They made their escape, but authorities caught up with them days later at Hubbard's father's home after a long chase and a couple of gunfights. That's a fun. search of, uh, yeah, a search of the premise turned up money and a Colt 45 revolver with the name Bob Dalton etched on the handle, seemingly confirming Hubbard's claims that she had been a member of the Dalton gang. Oh, snap. Dalton Pretty cool. Gang. Pretty yeah. Cool. Though Hubbard claimed to be 28, uh, 28 at the time of the robbery, which would have put her birth in 1870, 
1880 census, U.S. census listed her age as three, which would have meant she was born in 17, 1877. So I'm only going to bring this up because I think it's, A, I think it's funny that even at that time, women had to lie about their age, but B... Mm-hmm. I also think it's funny that so much of this, uh, so much of the data I pulled was just strictly based off of the fact that she's not the age that she says she is. So just <laughs> like, all right, let it go. She's not 28. Move on.org. Yeah. Um, so Move on. Hubbard was born in Ohio to Union Army veteran Samuel C. and Elizabeth Hubbard. She was the sixth of their seven children and their third and final daughter. In the eighteen seven's enough. Yeah, definitely. In the eighteen eighty census, Samuel is listed as a cross tie maker, and the family is listed as living in the Cedar Township of Callaway County, Missouri. Between 1880 and 1885, Elizabeth Hubbard died and the family moved from Missouri to Kansas, living in the Spring Hill Township of Johnson County and later Weir City. By August 17, 1897, Cora had married and divorced one husband, James Russell, and had married her second husband, Bud Parker, just a month and a half earlier. At the time of her crime, she was living on, the, on Parker's farm in Indian Territory, now Oklahoma not far from the Kansas state line. Hmm. The plans for the robbery started on Bud Parker's farm. They think that the, this um, 31 year old Albert Whitfield Witt Tennyson had been sort of like sparked the interest of the robbery. So it was uh, Al and Bud Hubbard, this other guy named John Sheets, who was a farm, a hired hand. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Bud Parker, Cora's husband. Then and then this other guy, Albert Whitfield, Whit Tennyson. How many people total were in this crime? Oh. It's only the three, right? No, like four or five. Oh, so it's like two Al's, two Buds, and a John. Yeah, it was like <laughs> we have so many. We have so I have so many kids in my class with the same name that now I just start calling them by their last name. I'm just like, all right, Hyden Park. <laughs> come over here yeah, which is not their name but i'm just gonna say 20 brooklyn's yeah yeah i'm just like because then i yeah because i'd be like all right brooklyn p brooklyn s brooklyn f like <laughs> that's what they'll be in the future yeah <laughs> so tennyson claimed he had previous experience in bank robbing and th- thought that it would be a good idea to rob the mcdonald county bank because Bill Hubbard, Bill Hubbard had previously lived in Pineville and knew its layout. Bill Hubbard drew up the map and Bud Parker, Sheets, Tennyson, and Al Hubbard were designated to ex- execute the plan. Okay. But when the time came for, for action, both Parker and Al Hubbard backed out. Cora then left with Sheets and Tennyson and reportedly told her husband that she would not live with the damn coward. On their way to Pineville, the three would be would be bank robbers stopped in Coffeyville, Kansas, so Sheets could buy a Winchester rifle and ammunition. This is they, like a Red Dead Redemption mission. Yeah, basically, yes. yeah, to impress a woman. Yeah, <laughs> they then headed to Cora's father's home in Weir City. Sam Hubbard reported that when his daughter arrived, she had her hair cut short and was dressed in men's clothes. 
The following morning, Sheets and Tennyson went into town and checked out the layout and to make sure that there were not any notable complications for their plan. Seeing none, they returned to the camp to get Cora. See, this is what the Barbie bandits should have done. They should have put in some more work. Made the guys go? No, they should have they should have done like a layout check and make sure there weren't any issues or anything. Oh no, that's not what meth does. No, yeah. okay. <laughs> I don't think it makes everybody more logistically, you know, adept. Yeah, that's not what being a Barbie bandit is all about. All right. So on the morning of the bank robbery, yeah, August 17th, 1897, they stopped a block from the bank. Hubbard was left to hold the gang's horses while Sheets and Tennyson headed to the headed to the bank. Sheets and Tennyson snuck around the corner of the bank and drew their weapons on three men sitting in front of the building. A.V. Manning, president of the bank, John W. Shields, cashier, and Marcus N. Lamance, county treasurer. They reportedly told the three men, we're here for the money and we want it damn quick. Sheets went into the bank with Manning and Shields while Tennyson stayed outside with Lamance to keep watch. Once inside the bank, Shields ca- countered Sheets' demands and Sheets knocked him to the ground with his rifle. Yeah. Sheets, <laughs> Sheets then ordered Manning to hold a sack while Shields filled it with money. Shields filled it with co- coins and currency he could find. Oh, a total. Easy. A total of $589.23. Gold, is, gold. It's a lot of moolah. We're rich. It's the equivalent of about $15,700. We're okay. <laughs> is there any more? Nope. <laughs> Once they had the cash, Sheets herded Shields and Manning out of the bank ahead of him. He and Tennyson then moved them down the street in front of them in an effort to keep bystanders from shooting. Why were the bystanders shooting? And I, everyone had guns back then. That's the true. Yeah. That's true. By the time they reached where Hubbard was waiting with the horses, Tennyson had also taken Manning's $15 silver watch. Watch! From the stable a sheets. Silver watch! Boing! Bang! Gunshots. Source. <laughs> from, from the stable sheets tennyson and hubbard mounted and headed to the to the northeast a posse quickly formed in pineville and followed the small gang meanwhile the gang changed direction and headed around pineville but someone reported the change in town and it was telegraphed to Knoll, missouri about five miles southwest of pineville that's, it, so it, 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 that's so funny that they were able to get that information so out at that t- even at that time there's a crazy. guy there's a guy writing it all down there's a guy like doing he's on a horse with another guy and he's riding along writing it all down that's how you were reported back then yeah. oh wow he's like where are we going how do, how do you feel about that and you <laughs> how fast do you think we're going just documented it all it's all good I just, I don't know if typewriters were invented around that time, but I just imagine them on a horse just trying to use a typewriter. (laughs) (laughs) That afternoon, a search party from Pineville got in front of fugitives and joined another posse from Knoll at the crossing of Butler Creek to lie in ambush. When Tennyson, Sheets, and Hubbard started to ride down a gulch toward the creek, the posse opened fire, wounding both Tennyson and Sheets with buckshot mortally wounding Sheets' horse and shooting Cora Hubbard's revolver out of her hand. 
the gang returned fire, slightly wounding one deputy. Bad. Tennyson's horse became frightened in the clash, running away and separating from Hubbard and Sheets. Fuck Sheets- this. <laughs> Sheets and Hubbard turned their horses around and made their way out of the gulch before Sheets' horse collapsed and died. It Tennyson- died. Yeah. <laughs> Tennyson's horse was later found grazing not far from the scene, but the robber was not with it. The next day, a report of a man paying for his breakfast in the morning in Indian territory about 25 miles from Pineville and paid for it in pennies, which coincide with the fact that many pennies have been taken in the robbery. <laughs> I Even love back how- then, pennies weren't welcome. Yeah, yeah. it was weird yeah, to me. You know, when you're a kid and you pay for something with like quarters and change that you've just taken and yes. <laughs> whatever, and you look all guilty as you're doing it, you're like five, 10, oh. 15, 16, 17, 18. The guy's like, yeah. it's $6, dude. You're killing me. I used to walk to the Burger King by my house and pay for a Whopper with quarters. And the people at the would just be like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> you're like, quarters is money too, guys. <laughs> yeah hey yeah, well, i'm people, paying with cash yeah people need it now yeah that's right there's a coin shortage they catch up to tennyson and he's uh wounded and he's got about 121 dollars and 50 cents and a and two uh two revolvers and they fought then that's where they tell he tells them that both sheets and cora hubbard are from uh weir city uh-huh. so then they then they just decide that they're going to backtrack and go to Weir City okay. and head them off at the pass. So then they get to the, they get to the, um, the, the father's house and they arrest the father. And so Why the father, because the, you know, they want, he was basically, he basically was housing these people while they were hatching the plan sort of thing. You know, they didn't really need to have a real justification for it. Oh, well, it's just an old man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What did I do? I didn't do anything wrong. So they, so then Hubbard, so then Cora turns herself in because she doesn't want her father to take the rap. Yeah. He was like, I gave my daughter a place to sleep. (laughs) This is actually actually repays me. (laughs) So she, her and Sheets were given 12 years and Tennyson was given 10 years. But her sentence was commuted by Missouri Governor Alexander Monroe Dockery. So she was sentenced the day after Christmas in 1904 and was released on New Year's Day 1905. Well, good for her. That's a good New Year's Day. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they didn't hurt anybody. I mean, I guess they hurt people. Right. No, the I mean, sadly, the only I think the only person who was killed was a horse, or not person, but the only thing that was killed was a horse. Man, they had really bad aim, like back <laughs> then. Like they got into shootouts all the time, and nobody actually died. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. So did die all the time. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> it is said that she was employed as a seamstress during her incarceration and was a model prisoner. But not much is known after she gets out of prison. So, yeah. And she went back under the radar. Nice. <laughs> Decades later, her granddaughter, Ashley uh, Heather Johnston, 
robs a bank. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. That would be great. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, those are three stories of, of bank robbers. So I hope you enjoyed that. Thank you so and much, Mike. You're welcome. We will be back next week. And also, guys, if you really, uh, if you, uh, we're going to be <clears throat> changing up our Patreon next month. And if you really want us to be uh, on top of this, then uh join our patreon so we don't have to work full full-time jobs anymore um <laughs> yeah and uh and so um uh, we're going to be changing what we have but yeah just so just check that out check out our patreon bloody po- at bloody podcast and follow us on instagram at bloody podcast and we will be nice to you and say nice things so <laughs> thank you guys for listening have a good night